Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text us at 580-580. And away we go. Yeah. Another beautiful Saturday. A lonely Saturday, though. Yeah, we got Frank uh, decided not to join us after I bought breakfast again. Yeah, what are you going to do with all these breakfasts that are sitting around? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just to... again. That that's funny, Paul. Just a... again doesn't count every three years. That doesn't count as a game. You know, so Frank, I have tickets to the Sens, and and how I... long have you guys been married? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I have tickets to the Sens, but I decided to skip the game today because the show is more important. Where are you, Frankie? Uh, am I not on the show? I'm not sitting. <laughs> I'm actually sitting in Chris Neal's office doing the show as we speak. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, does does he know? <laughs> yeah, does he, he know you're there? No, but he did leave the fridge empty, unfortunately. So yeah. I was kind of hoping to have a cold brew, but nope, not today. Oh, good, good. Now, you were probably too busy analyzing all these extra jobs that we created. Oh, I can't believe <laughs> it. I can't now, believe now, listen, are economists that bad? These days, because they it's ten times more than they had predicted. So, do they get well, anything right anymore? I don't know. Not only ours, but obviously the American ones too. I mean, they were off by a few hundred thousand, and uh, it is crazy. I mean, it's putting more pressure on Tiff Macklem and Bank of Canada to to rethink whether they pause interest rates or not, and and that's not what we need right now. So, I'm hoping he just stands his ground right now and sees one or two more of these reports before he decides to potentially increase rates again but uh our fingers are crossed that and listen uh, jobs being created is good but it maybe it does signal something else and i wonder if they really dig deep down enough to find out what these jobs are in the states i know that there was uh a couple of reports that said a lot of these jobs that were that were created in the states were actually hard-working people taking a second job because they couldn't make ends meet with their full-time jobs and they're working part-time on the weekends to make ends meet. So, Well, they said 120000 exactly of the 150 are full-time. Well, yeah, and that's good, but that's 30000 part-time. So are those people taking second jobs, yeah. or are they, uh, you know, and what, ha- and what do these jobs come from? I mean, I, I was asked the question, listen, there's another report that says there's still 800,000 jobs out there available, which which is a ludicrous number, in my opinion, so... Uh, you know, if that's the case, then then our unemployment is going to remain low, which is a good thing, especially when things are so tough right now. Costs are up on everything. So the fact that our unemployment is low is good, but it's going to certainly slow down the potential for interest rates to drop, too, because if the labor market remains where it is, then rates will drop but it'll be a much slower process. I, I have heard of, I, obviously I'm friends with uh, quite a few mortgage brokers and some of Frank's colleagues in that. And th- the word is there's thought that they will raise them again. It's, which is scary. Well, how soon would risk. they do that, though? Well, who knows? March. March, right? So the next report, unfortunately, is March 6th or 7th, I think. And, you know, the unfortunate part about it is that we're not going to get another labor report by then. Um, we'll see the inflation report come out soon. I think it's this coming week. We'll see what the inflation numbers are at. With a little luck, if those inflation numbers have come down a little bit, which they should, because now we're going year over year, and inflation really started to go up last February. So, uh, it, you know, for comparing year over year, fingers crossed that the inflation number comes down enough that Tiff Macklin decides that let's let's wait another another cycle and see what happens with the reports uh, moving forward. Yeah. Well, we should see the results of this by now. Like, if there's supposed to be a six month delay, 
once they start raising interest rates, we should be starting to see it, right, Frank? Except for the labor market. I mean, but we should start seeing the inflation. Certainly, you know, oil prices as compared to a year ago are much better. Of course, a year ago, I mean, you know, we were talking about $2 a liter and some gas stations had it. So, you know, once they do the year over year on the gas, unfortunately, you know, what we've seen is the gas prices come down. And for anybody that drives a diesel vehicle, they really haven't seen those prices come down much. And the unfortunate part about the diesel prices not coming down is that that's what you, that's what's used to transport food and other materials. So therefore, we've seen prices of other, um, you know, other items remain high and not come down because oil has come down. But um, it's it's certainly a concern for a lot of people right now because they're hoping, and I think for the real estate market and for um, you know first time home buyers or, or buyers that want to move up to their next home, you know they've got their fingers crossed, hoping that interest rates would fall a little bit towards the spring summer so that you know it makes it more reasonable to be able to get a five year mortgage and the low fours high threes would be reasonable for a lot of people we're we're starting to see a little bit of a optimism in the real estate market right now we've had a couple of really good weeks we're seeing a couple homes selling over asking price uh, which is good. Still seeing a lot of conditional offers, but I, I, I have a lot of optimism that this market, and I did a video this week and I said it uh, actually on the show last week. You know, I've always been saying that you got six months to get in this market. And I said last week, I said, I think it's, you know, with the builders dropping those prices drastically, trying to get rid of some of their inventory so they could start building again. Um, <clears throat> I think we're, there's a good optimism in the market right now. And I'm, you know, I would have in November and December, I was a little bit nervous, but uh, I, I like what I'm seeing right now in the rebounding of the, of the real estate market. And I think once those rates start coming down and we can turn this corner and turn this thing around, I think we're going to be in a really, really strong real estate market here in Ottawa. But now what does this mean for the possibility of a recession delayed again because of the job report? I, I think we're in a recession. Like, I, you know, we're not technically termed a recession, but yeah, you need I, two months. Yeah. But I, I think we're, I mean, for all, I mean, yes, the labor numbers came out and they're, they're great and all, but as I still think that we're in a, a, a bit of a mini recession right here. I really do. It's, it's it, the way it feels anyways, but uh, I'm just very optimistic with what, with the real estate market right now. And I'm, I'm, I just, I'm seeing, especially from our team, I'm seeing some really some things that I haven't seen in a while when it comes to the multiple offers and homes selling quicker, a lot of showings on properties now. So it's, I think there's some optimism out there, which is good news. Well, time marches on. We are mid-February now. We are. And usually mid-February, we're, we're rolling. Like this is the time where I'm telling people, get on the market now, now, now. And I've had some conversations this week with people, whether it's, whether it makes sense to wait a little bit or whether it makes sense to put it on right now. And it all is dependent on the area. There's some areas that are still has very, very little inventory. And there's some areas that have so much inventory that I just think you st- if you stick your house on the market right now, you're just going to get slugged, you know? So it's, it's, it's some areas you got to wait and some areas you're ready to rock and roll. And, and I'll tell you, some of the areas that are really a struggle right now to sell things is usually where there's a lot of new home building going on because you have a lot more competition because the new home builders are selling them. People who are buying them for investment purposes are now selling them. Plus you have all the resale market on the resale homes on the market as well. So it's areas that are a little more, a little more established that don't have a lot of new home building activity are the ones that are a little bit lower in inventory. And it's a time to get your house on the market right now in those areas. So what does that do for prices then? Well, you, the new home construction I mean, come and gone. And- well, we're, we're already seeing the prices drastically cut. I mean, in one area, once again, I don't want to say what area because it, it, it hurts that area. But probably in, where Frank lives. Probably. But in, 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 in one area, in one area where new home townhomes were going in the sevens and eights, 
and resale markets were in the sevens and eights and have drastically come down and they're in the high sixes, mid sixes. There's one builder that has slashed their brand new townhomes to five ninety nine nine, wow. which hurts because I was on the phone with a with a couple from overseas that were looking at getting their house on the market, and about four weeks ago we were talking about a six fifty number, and now we're talking about a mid to high fives because they're going to be in competition with these brand new built homes, and theirs is a little bit on the rough side, and so how do you compare against a brand new? townhome. So builders, and and Greg and I did a video this week on that, and we're like, how do we explain builders going down 100, 200, 300? One builder went down 400,000. Two things are happening. One, they were drastically overpriced to begin with. New home builders were leading the charge and were, were drastically overpricing homes. And the second reason is, there's some builders that are now sitting there with quite a bit of inventory that they need to free up cash. I mean, we're not talking the major builders, like the high end, like the, you know, the, the, the majors, the Mintos, the Matamies, but we're talking about, you know, the medium sized builders that have a lot of inventory that they're trying to unload that inventory to free up a little more cash to start building again. Um, and, and that's what we're seeing right now. And, and I just think it's, it's, there's some areas where there's a lot of new home building activity going on that with, with, with coupled with a lot of resale homes on the market. It's a tough slug out there. It's a grind. Don't forget, these builders were pricing futures, right? Because home prices were going up so fast, they yeah. assumed they would continue to go up, so they were pricing accordingly, right? There was one builder that I watched in the east end of Ottawa go from, in about an eight-month span, go from pricing the same single in the set low sevens to the low millions. So in, in, in a short six- to eight-month span, and I was just like, how do they like go up $300,000. But I strongly believe those builders that are dropping the prices to two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 less than what they were asking, they were just overpricing those homes. There's no way that they were where some of those singles were worth, you know, 2,600 square foot single for 1.3. No, yeah. no. His brother, by the way, is now pricing lettuce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I will tell you before we go to the break though, Greg is actually sitting in Frank's seat. So it's so nice to see, a, you know, a good looking smart guy finally sitting in that seat. You know what I'm saying, Frankie? Oh, <laughs> and Frank, you don't want to know what he's doing to yourself. Oh, you don't want to know, buddy. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Frank Napolitano is, well, sort of here, here <laughs> in spirit. Paul Rushworth is here. Frankie, you're, uh, you must be excited to see Connor McDavid play today. I gave my tickets away, which is crippling me because I want to be at that game so bad. Yeah, that was a dumb move on your part. But, uh, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh, he's the world's greatest hockey player. I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing him play in Tampa Bay last year. First time I'm seeing him in Ottawa, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, hey, Paul? I, I hope my kids aren't listening to that, though, because I still have them convinced that I'm the greatest player ever to play the game. So <laughs> yeah, Because they never saw you. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, buddy. Right. Hey, Paul, let me ask you a question, and I'll buy breakfast next week anyway, but I'll guarantee buy breakfast if you answer this question. Of the 10 major cities in Canada, which city do you think has the most homes that are free and clear, no mortgage? Which city has the most? I'm going to say Montreal. Vancouver, 47%. Whoa. Is that a a crazy stat? You know what? I was actually going to say Vancouver because I knew there was no chance it was going to be Vancouver. I would never have thought that. I wonder if that's a lot of overseas money, though. Probably. Probably. That's a lot. Has to be. So the the individual that did the report indicated that only 7% of them are foreign buyers, where the rest are actually Canadians. So uh, now a lot of cities, Toronto, believe it or not, said 43%. 
the greater Toronto area. Yeah, keep in mind, um, though, keep in mind, you, you, you have to have some money to live in Toronto and Vancouver. You, you can't just go with a average job living in Toronto and Vancouver unless you're, you know, you're renting. But even rent there is, is crazy. So it's, you know, you, you have to have a very stable income to be living in Toronto. Speaking and, and of rent, you know what rent is for a Manhattan apartment? A one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan? $4,000 yeah. a month. Yeah, yeah. 4000 Yeah. How are rentals doing here? They still up high. So here's the thing: there's a lot of rentals here. So there's you know almost a thousand rentals on the market right now. So you'd think we're we're saturated with rentals. The prices would be coming down as the prices go up and the interest rates go up. People can't afford to buy. So what are they doing? They're renting. So there's a lot of opportunity in in the rental market to get into the rental market. But at the same time, the prices are still very very high. I mean, suburbia townhome was you know only three short years ago was fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. Now you're anywhere between, depending on the size of it, you're anywhere from you know twenty two hundred to twenty six hundred a month uh, for for rent. So it's um, the rental. Will that come down as the housing market improves? I don't think so. I, I Once know. it's there, it's there. Once it's there, it's there. I mean, let, let's talk about uh, you know the five hundred thousand immigrants that are coming to Canada every year as of twenty twenty four. I mean, we're already over four hundred thousand immigrants. They need a place to live. Uh, some of them are coming over with great money and they're buying, but there's a lot of people that come over with not a lot of credit. Uh, so they have to get into the rental market. You know, they have to hopefully get into the rental market first. Um, so there's people will always be looking for rentals, always. And it's you know, as the numbers keep climbing, I keep thinking, wow, are the, the prices going to come down? Is it, are the rental month, the monthly rental rates going to come down? They're not. They're not. In fact, they're they're going up. And where are all these investors? Is this old old investors? People that bought three, five, six, seven years ago? There's not a ton of investment going on right now when it comes to those, mainly because the prices. When you buy them, and you're going to be underwater, right? For what you're renting them for, for what your mortgage is going to be, you're going to be underwater. So a lot of people are sort of shying away from that now. But a lot of these rentals are sort of old money. People don't have had them like for for two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen years. They just keep their rental money. They keep their rentals, right? Hitting home runs. Yeah, but you know what? When the market went crazy, when you know townhomes were in the sevens and singles were in the eights, nines, and millions. There were some people that cashed out. I mean, I try to convince some people not to, to cash out, but there's some that, that just didn't want to be a landlord anymore. And what a great time to sell your investment property. If you don't want to be a landlord, prices are through the roof. Why not get rid of your property then? And some people did. Uh, some people I convinced not to, and they listened, and they kept it. They're happy they did keep it. But, you know, if you're getting up in age and you want to get out of the rental market and, you know, you're sick of being a landlord, and you know, some people did cash in. Like Frank. Like Frank, yeah. Like Frank. <laughs> How's the bond market, Frank? Unfortunately, it's gone going in the wrong direction uh, oh. since the U.S. job report came out last Friday, and obviously our Canadian one came out yesterday. Uh, bond market has gone up almost uh, half a percentage point in the last week alone. So, again, this was a surprise. I mean, nobody predicted. The economists were way off. It's not like they were just off. I mean, they were way off in both countries. And there's a little bit of, you know, questioning whether, whether we're really getting into a recession. Now, a recession... Is deemed by having two negative quarters of uh, or two quarters of negative GDP. We're not there yet. The streets might make us feel like we're in a recession, but the numbers don't just yet. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what the next two months carries because that's when we're really going to see whether we're heading into this recession or not. These some of the numbers, which are inflation numbers, obviously should come down. Uh, but the labor market over the next two months, if it continues to be as aggressive as it's been over the last two and three and six months, really, then uh, the, the chance is less than of a recession and the chance is also less than of interest rates coming down. They'll probably remain stable. They won't go up, but they're not going to come down either. Were long-term rates effective this week? Well, 
So the banks and the lenders, uh, their spreads have been extremely healthy over the last, you know, six months or so. Um, so none of them have raised rates yet. And I do say yet. Normally that happens very quickly. Now, most of the banks, when the bond market came down half a percentage point, didn't lower the rates either. So they're back to where they were, you know, um, a month ago, a month and a half ago, where bond markets are virtually the same. But at the end of the day, I mean, if this continues, then I can see a lot of the lenders, the smaller lenders, oddly enough, the smaller lenders have, have also left rates where they are. And that's and that's pretty amazing because a half a percentage point is a lot, but we're still able to get high ratio purchases uh, or if you buy with less than 65 percent or with uh, more than 35 percent down on a 25-year amortization, we're in the 4.5% range for a five-year fixed, which is pretty good. Now, if prime rate does happen to go up even 25 basis points in March, what's that going to do to people's attitude toward real estate for the spring? Oh, 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 it's, it could dampen it. It's going to hurt. Yeah, it could dampen it. I mean, we're like I said earlier in the show, I'm starting to see some optimism. I'm starting to see some people saying, you know what? I can stomach these rates. I can get into this market. The prices are coming down. I can get the product I want. You know, like I mentioned last, last uh, month, the condo market, there was – it, they were down 47%. It was number of sales was down 47%. And I think a lot of that is because people could not now afford that townhome or that small single because it's come down in price. And I think with this optimism that's in the market right now, you go up another quarter point and it might just pop that op- optimism. I hope not. I mean, it's, you know, a quarter point shouldn't be crippling, but I think it could be crippling to the attitude of some people. More rate increases, more. Well, yeah, because just. Uh, you know, last week we were thinking, well, we got a six-month reprieve from all this, at least. Well, we thought that, and actually there was some thought of, of rates actually coming down sooner than the six months. At least that's what I was thinking was going to happen. I was thinking that, you know, we were going to, you know, s- go static for a little bit, and then maybe in the next, you know, month or two, maybe we'd have a rate drop in, in March. But with the optimism, that's where I was hoping. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, but who knows? I mean, I'm... I like to always be the glass half full type of guy, and I'm I'm still want to keep this, especially on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, well, Friday, Friday night too. You know, <laughs> you know, I like to be that glass half full, and and I like to see that this optimism is there, and then you know, even just talking to buyers, I mean, before buyers were well, one when the prices were so high, they were shell shocked. And then when the interest rates started going up, even though prices were coming down, they were still shell-shocked because now the interest rates. And I'm starting to see a little bit more of optimism now, saying, you know, the rates aren't that bad and prices are coming down. Maybe we could get in the market and stomach on a short-term a short-term rate, and you know, but it might be dampened. It very well might be dampened. Sure I'm hoping might not. Might be dampened for people going uh, variable if it does go up a little bit in March. Yeah, the people who are coming off their off their five-year fixed mortgages right now must be a little bit disappointed. But uh, what would they be at right now, Frank? Um, probably low threes is what I'm seeing most of them at. Uh, so not between... horrible then. You could still get low fives no. right now, right? You still get well, the reason force. you can get low fives is because the equity. So again, I mean, there's always bad news. I always try to, like Paul, my glass is half full. You know, and for a lot of them, you know, I'll, I'll say to them, listen, your house five years ago was worth $420,000. I've got the appraisal here from five years ago. Today, it's in the sevens. Yeah. So uh, again, I mean, there's some good news there. And let's not just not focus. For a lot of clients, believe it or not, it's almost like most of them don't even ask about the interest rate. They know it's high, but most of them are focusing more on what can we get our monthly payment to or biweekly payment to that's going to allow us to continue to live without accruing more debt moving forward. So for a lot of customers, they are re-amortizing their mortgage because of the higher rate. And it's, and it's not a bad thing 
because you've got that extra equity and they can they can accept it because that extra equity is there that they really weren't counting on five years ago either. They would still like to be mortgage free by a certain time frame. But if their house is worth, you know, and I say to them, listen, if you're retiring and your house is worth 800000 and you owe 100000 is that really going to impact you that much? Is it going to ruin your life that much? You've still got $700,000 worth of equity built up, and that's pretty good. That's tax-free money that you have access to at any time. I don't know. According to what they're saying now, you need $1.7 million to retire, so I better yeah. start saving. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's got to be Paul's lifestyle. I mean, not my <laughs> lifestyle for sure. Because that's Paul's I lifestyle today. I don't think I need today. $1.7 million. Yeah. Oh, so. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Paul Rushford is here. Frank Napolitano is here doing sit-ups in the Chris Neal office. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I wonder how many times Chris Neal got sent to the office. <laughs> not very often, man. That was one uh, That was one guy that was well-respected amongst, Boy, pl- was amongst players, amongst management. And, yeah. and I'll tell you one thing. He was well-respected amongst his competition, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was a hard nosed, honest guy. He would hit you. He would fight you. He gamer would, though, huh? you know, I believe this is, I believe this to be true. I don't believe Chris Neal has ever been suspended. He hasn't. And he's played Not a one hard, suspension and he's yep. played a hard nosed yep. physical style of play. That's the ultimate teammate, man. That's uh, I was very upset when Chris Neal retired. Very upset. Okay. We've now completed Friday? saying the nice things we had to in order for Frank to use his office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are you here on Friday night, Paul? I mean, it's, it'll be a great night on Friday night when his jersey gets retired. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was taking my older son, but now I'm taking my younger son to a basketball tournament. Damn it. Mm. Well, can't you get your older son to take your younger son? Yeah, you I, should. I should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we are mid-February, so when is this market going to take off if it's going to this year, Paul? Well, I think it's, Frank, you say the next rate hike is in, in a potential rate hike is in March. Uh, I, I I feel like, and Greg, you could probably give me a nod if you agree. Do you feel like it's kind of starting to take off a little bit? Yeah. I think over the last week. He nodded no, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, well, the reason I asked Greg is because he's out shooting homes, right? So I yeah. know that he, if he's out there and he's super busy, people are starting to list their homes because I know there's sales happening. Uh, we were down as a company. Obviously, the board stats were down way down in January. We were down as a company, too, from our January over January last year. But Not, we knew this was going to happen. You can't go January to January when we had such a good January last year. Well, we're talking about average sale price, right? We knew we were going to be down in the average sale price. It's hard to know if we're going to be down in the number of sales. Um, but when I saw our sales down a little bit, uh, I knew the board stats were probably down as well, which they were. Uh, average sale price we know is going to be down, and, and I'll let people know. I'm going to be telling you the February stats. I'm going to be telling you the March stats and the April stats. And I'll tell you right now, the average sale price will be down in every single one of those months, mainly because our first four months of last year, we went up almost $100,000 in four months. So that happening again, I mean, so when you're comparing – February over February of next year and March over March of last year, our average sale price is drastically going to be down. I'm not saying it's going to be down from the previous month, but it's definitely going to be down from the month the year before. So just expect that. But I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like this market is starting to take off. Not crazy like we used to see in Jan, Feb and March. Um, but it's starting to. Like I mentioned before, there's optimism out there. I think buyers are are, are, are now uh, can can stomach what's happening with the rates and stomach what's happening with the prices. But as we see prices fall, I mean, the, like I said last week, the new home builders really started that snowball. And when you see new home builders slashing prices, 
you know that it's a little more, you have a little more opportunity to buy because the market had already corrected. The new home builders did not correct and they finally corrected. And so now you might see more people starting to buy new homes and sell theirs and list theirs. So it's, uh, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic with what's happening right now. Frank, obviously rates are higher than a year ago, but I wouldn't consider them crazy high. Would you? Well, depends on, on uh, who you're talking to. Uh, some of the banks are still in the mid fives to high fives when it comes to five year fix. So that's that's a shock for anyone that has a renewal coming up, and their rates are in the um, you know in the threes like we talked about the low threes. So that's quite a shock. If they don't shop around, if a client doesn't shop around, they're they're hurting themselves. They're they're doing themselves an injustice. So uh, there are better rates out there, and, and the major banks today are taking advantage of just like. You know, there's a lot of corporate greed out there that we've talked about, and the banks are no different. I mean, they're protecting themselves. They understand that the volumes are going to be lower this year. They've had a two-year period on the mortgage side with robust sales, robust profits, and they don't want to stop that. So, you know, we're seeing the spreads uh, go from, you know, between a five-year bond and a five-year fixed mortgage. You know, they, you know, at one point they were in the 1% mark to one2 Today, with most of the banks, they're closer to 2%, 2 percent So larger spreads for them, again, to make up for some of the shortfall in, in volumes moving forward. And, um, you know, but other lenders are out there at, at the four and a half. And it just shows you how lenders don't lose money. If there's a lender out there at four and a half percent and saying that they're still making money, and then you've got the banks offering the same product, 1% higher, just shows you where the corporate greed is right now. How much is uh, qualifying hurting first-time buyers? If they didn't have that high qualifying rate, would they be more prone to be in the market? It's hurting a lot of people, not only first-time home buyers, but it's also hurting you know, clients that might want to refinance their homes because once you decide to refinance your home, you have to go under the new qualifying rules. And uh, for some customers, I mean, they want to maybe stay with a 20-year amortization, but because they have to qualify at two percentage points above the contract rate they're going to get, they're forced to have to take a 25 or 30 year amortization. Now that's, that's an issue that's fixed easily because most lenders offer 15, 20% increased payments. So you take advantage of that right after the mortgage is funded and somehow that's okay, but you can't do it to begin with. But at the end of the day, it's really hurting the first time home buyers the most though, because uh, for them, they just want to get into a house and they're unable to because the qualifying is difficult. Now, one of the fixes that we found is that there, uh, you know, a lot of these first-time home buyers do have family members that are willing to help them out. And a lot of the family members, though, are not interested in being a co-signer, which is very common if you go to the bank. The bank wants you to be a co-signer. But with the mortgage broker community, we have lenders that are open to uh, you know, the parents and or other siblings, and it has to be an immediate family member going on as guarantors and the you know the benefit of a guarantor is that you're not on title the guarantor is not on title of the property so the buyers you know the, the home buyers get to own it on their own and it doesn't show up on the credit bureau but you do sign a document that you're going to back the borrowers up should payments go into default and that's the only time that really the institution will connect with you is if is if the mortgage payments go into default and then they'll ask you to bring them up to date the risk is if you don't help to bring those payments up to date, and in some cases there's going to be fallouts and stuff. So, you know, it's possible that that happens. The risk is that if, if the bank were to take the home bank and uh, back and lose money, 
that the bank can come after, the lender can come after the guarantor. But that's that's the only risk that's out there. And really, property values do start to appreciate again, then the risk is is really minimal. Yeah, I would like to, uh, I mean, I actually had a home, uh, a first-time home buyer this week uh, call our office saying, I heard Paul say I got a short time frame to get into this market before the prices go up. So I'd like to see first-time home buyers, if they can get in, if they can qualify for mortgage, get in as soon as possible because the first-time home buyer product may be unattainable if you don't very soon. Now, interest rates aside, are you getting much more bang for your buck on a townhome than you were a year ago? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, in certain sections of suburbia, too. I mean, you're you're going from a, something with starting with a 7 to something starting with a 5, you know? So it's you're, you're now able to get a townhome in certain areas in the 5s, whereas before they were... Seven, seven and a quarter. Sometimes, I mean, we sold a couple uh, in the in the height of this in the eights. So, yeah, I mean, if you're getting home townhomes in the fives, is that not a good opportunity for investors to jump on? Yeah, but you're still underwater, though. But you're right. You're right because in the next three to four months, I'm telling people they got to get in. You have to get in. I don't care if you're a first time home buyer, move up, move down, investor. It's just the I I believe the prices are going to start to skyrocket very very soon as rates as even the thought of rates coming down is already putting more optimism in people. Um, you know as the prices are coming down, it's more attainable, more affordable. Um, and then I think what's going to happen is you get all these millennials that are sitting on the side who aren't doing anything because they're just waiting, waiting, and waiting. They're going to jump into the market, and the problem is, is even though inventory is going up, we're way below where we need to be to be a very uh, healthy market. So once those millennials jump in. That those three three thousand thirty five hundred listings are going to be scooped up and be gone. So do you see inventory going up substantially over the next few months? It's going. It's going to go up. Certainly impact the market. Yes, it's definitely going to go up, and we're already seeing it starting to go up. Slowly started to go up. I think pe- people still have this this uh, thought in their head that their spring market is you know April, May, June. Our spring market's already started. You know, and if you want to beat the rush, you get your house on the market now. You beat the rush because you know. Can you imagine you're in an area where it's you and two other people as competition, but you're going to wait till April, and now it's you and seventeen other people as competition. You know, so that that puts a little bit of pressure on the downward pricing as well. So you want to get into the market, do it now. If you're thinking of listing your property, I would, depending on what area you're in, because like I've said, I've stopped some people from listing their their property because they had way too much competition. Now, the problem being is, will that competition be absorbed or will it just be added to? That's what you have to do. And that's why we go and we do a lot of forensic homework to see what we believe is going to happen in a certain area. And if I believe that, you know, yes, there's 22 townhomes on the market in your area, but in another month, I believe there's going to be 35. I'll say, get your house on the market, but just be very competitive on your pricing and be very uh, sound with your product. Meaning make sure it's just looks like gold because we've gone from an appetite of, I don't care what it looks like. I'll buy it anyways to, it better look perfect. And when yeah, I th- you got to come out swinging right now. And when I say perfect, Steve, I mean just little things like paint. Like make sure that's neutral paint. Make sure it's nice light fixtures. Make sure it's decluttered. Make sure it smells nice. Uh, make sure it's clean. That's another big one. Because if it's not, buyers are looking at that. And even though it could be you know a cleaning bill and a paint job, they're seeing money, money, money. Let's go on to the next product. There's 15 other And it's perception too, right? It's perception. If you can't take care of your house, you know, these are the things we can see. If you're not taking care of the things we can see, what about the things that we can't see? Like how dirty is the carpets? How dirty is this? How dirty is that? You know, so don't let a, don't give a buyer a reason not to buy your house. You don't want them to buy your house. And that means making sure that everything is taken care of. And, and, and the number one thing you can do, I just named it the most important things from decluttering, cleanliness, paint, light fixtures, light, curb appeal, things like that. Those are super, super important to get people through your door to buy that property. 
and and finish the second kitchen and finish the second kitchen and take all the take all the plastic off your 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 dining room or your living room furniture sorry I would yes. leave it on actually well I know when Frank goes to sell his living room furniture it's going to be brand new right no one sits on, no one sits in that room well the plastic Frank puts on has the little pops in it yes you know? yeah it does yeah <laughs> Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. Back with our final segment. We let Frank go to the hockey game when we come back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Welcome back, Frank. If I want to uh, qualify for a variable rate mortgage now, how much? What's the uh, qualifying rate? Uh, it depends on your down payment, but uh, <clears throat> even if you bought with with um, less than twenty percent down, I mean, we can get prime minus one, prime to six point seven, meaning your rate is five point seven plus two seven point seven. So it's actually harder to qualify on a variable rate mortgage today than it is on a fixed rate mortgage, which is honestly the first time that I can say that in probably my twenty twenty five years that I've been doing mortgages. Excuse me, it's a little longer than that now. Yeah. <laughs> Mortgages. I've been in banking for longer. But, you know, speaking of longer, Steve, I hear that the, you ran into Mike Hapke at the uh, Shopper Senior Discount uh, Sale this week. Oh, did, is Hapke in there now? Is he in the 55 Club? Hapke's in the Junior Senior. I mean, he got an extra discount because he, he was with Steve, and Steve's in the Senior Discount. So. Oh, no, Steve's not yet. Not in the Senior No, he's yet. not in the Senior Discount uh, yet. He looks it, though. He I, looks it, though. They didn't even cart him. I didn't even know what day it was. He called me out of the blue and said, we're going. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie, people who live in glass houses should not throw stones. <laughs> yeah, right. You're getting up there. there. Yeah, the funny thing about age, it seems to happen to most people. It's really? <laughs> really? I'm feeling that too, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're still the baby compared to us, but you ain't the baby no more. <laughs> yeah, just think about when no. we... I remember when, when people referred to me as like a young buck in real estate. Now I'm a little long in the tooth, <laughs> Yeah. Steve, I think if Paul if Paul goes in on on senior discount day, I bet you they don't even card him and they give it to him. You want to know it's something funny? I've gone in there a couple times where she looks at me and she looks down. She looks at me. She's like, uh, "Do you get a discount on this one?" I'm like, "I'm not 55. I'm 48." See now you know a guy's got money. Most people go, "Yeah, I do actually." Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got I'm like, it. I'm like, it's not my fault. My, my fault. I spent a lot of time getting punched in the face in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> You know, age doesn't have anything to do with looks. <laughs> <laughs> God, what, what's, what's this show? Is this a real estate mortgage show, or are we talking about uh, looks here? Right? No, no, it's it's the shot quarter. Oh, yeah, this is where we yeah. throw, where we get our jabs in. Where we take our shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to qualify at seven and change. That That's, uh, that's what, hard. They, they really have to, they have to do something about that. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, everything I'm reading right now, Ossie is looking to make sure that they stay as tight as they are now. I, I have talked to a couple of lenders who have said that Osby has reached out to them over the last number of weeks just to ask for their opinions as to what they should do and whether they should make any changes. Most lenders that I've spoken to have said that they've gone the other way and said, you got to loosen it up a little bit. Our risk tolerance is, is, is next to nothing right now. I mean, it's true. I mean, for us to go through what we've gone through over the last six to eight months, and for delinquencies to remain low just really sends a good message out that, you know, like mortgages aren't the problem. They're not, that's something that obviously shouldn't be worried about. Other debts are, are more pro- problematic, I think. Uh, you know, anytime you get a credit card bill and you've got a balance on it and it tells you that it's going to take you 70 years to pay it off, 
I would think that that's way more problematic than a mortgage that has a 25 or 30 year lifespan with an asset that's appreciating uh, as opposed to a credit card that's a de- uh, depreciating. Really, well, I, mean, I, I mean, there's nothing to back it up, right? So totally different. There's a lot of people with the way the prices are going, the way how expensive everything is, is actually getting a second credit card and ra- yeah. racking up a second credit then card. You're in trouble. Then you're in trouble. I mean, and and you know, if you're only paying, I mean, no, it's not the credit card show, but if we're not, if you're only paying the minimum on your credit card, you'll you'll never get that thing paid off. I mean, you, you, seventy years. Yeah, you know, they'll tell you it's seventy years. I mean, that's never. That might as well be never because most people that have credit cards won't live for 70 years. So, you know, that's where second mortgages are becoming popular. And if Osby thinks that's a good idea, and if our, our Bank of Canada thinks that's a good idea for Canadians to have to take out second mortgages at, you know, a little bit of elevated rates, still better rates than credit cards. So, you know, I still say to clients, they call me, they say, I'm, I don't want to take out a second mortgage. Like, it's against my principles. But you've got credit card debt of $30,000 at 24%. Yeah. Like, a second mortgage at 9 or 10% isn't horrible compared to the 24, 25% that you're, yeah, you'll uh, never, that you're paying you, on credit cards. You'll never, you'll never get ahead, yeah. You'll you know, at the very ahead. least, I would like to see them say that if you've had a mortgage for 5, 10 years, you don't have to re-qualify in order to shop your mortgage around. 100%. That's one of the, uh, one of the uh, at least, items that we put on the list for them to consider is that if, if it's proven that the client has had the mortgage for five years and not missed the payment, they should have the right to go somewhere else without having to go through the tedious, all the paperwork, everything that goes with getting uh, getting approved for a mortgage. Well, they've earned it, right, Frank? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think so. I mean, the I only way so. you get credit is if you have good credit. Well, if you've been paying your mortgage, yeah. why should you have to pay a penalty? And why should the bank have the advantage of keeping you as a client if you want to make a move? Why would you have to requalify? You've already proven yourself. Yeah, and it's a great point because the the existing lender that's sending you the renewal asks for no proof of anything. Yeah, you don't even have to have a job, right? Nothing. You could be unemployed and it doesn't matter. They're going to send you the renewal if you haven't missed any payments. So why doesn't that consumer have the right to take it to lender across the street that might have a quarter of a percent better rate? That's the way it should be. I get the feeling they're not going to do anything to help people out until the economy goes in the toilet. It's already in the toilet. Yeah. Well, not not according to the stats, but um, I think if there's job losses, if we start to see major job losses, that's when I think we'll see some changes. And how accurate are those jobs? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a head scratcher. Yeah. No question. It's a head scratcher. What's your gut on March, Frank? Uh, For the labor market? No, no. For the... Bank of well, March. So, so the next three announcements are March eighth, April twelfth, June seventh. The thinking all along was that he was going to take a pause for these three meetings for sure. Um, the labor market now puts a little bit of pressure, but still, most most economists and they've been wrong all along. But you know, they put a thirty three percent chance right now with Bank of Canada raising a quarter point. So, the chances are still slimmer that he's going to raise it, but certainly more pressure. Uh, are those Vegas the- odds? Uh, yeah, those are Vegas odds. Yeah. That's yeah. right next yeah, to whether or not Rihanna will show cleavage at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, it'll be an interesting. Uh, you know, I I hope he stands pat. Again, I think the inflation numbers will play a big part. So so if the inflation numbers that come out are reasonable and going in the right direction, I think he might stand pat. How much did we go up last time? Just twenty five, eh? 
25 was the last, 25, one, last yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that was the last one. That was the smallest one out of the eight so far. So. I, I per- personally think he's going to hold to his word and just stay flat. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I got a feeling it. Yeah, you can't. I don't, uh, think, I don't think they can go. At least, I mean, what's it going to what's it going to hurt for a month? Yeah. Well, but 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 the problem is that in the U.S. with five hundred seventeen thousand jobs now, again in comparison, you know, everyone will tell you the hundred fifty in Canada is much worse than the five hundred seventeen in the U.S. because our population is ten times less than what theirs is, so our number is much greater. Like again, I mean, they were off by ten times. They were expecting fifteen thousand, not one hundred fifty. So that that's a ginormous number that just came out. So just a little again, miss, little miss there. Yeah, yeah. Don't be surprised if if that quarter point happens just because that number is so much bigger. I hope not, but don't be surprised if it does. All right, bring some good news in. Birthdays, birthdays. I got a whole bunch. Um, of course you uh, do. <laughs> got, uh, uh, Kim Bracey, Lama, Dorothy Smith. Um, from uh, our office celebrating birthdays this week. Uh, Terry, Mike's, Mike's better half, celebrating her birthday this week. Um, oh, living with a Pat, senior and she gets to celebrate a birthday. She'll there get, you go. He's going to get yep. discounts on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, She's much younger. So uh, Pat Chiarelli, good friend of mine, celebrating his 65th birthday uh, on Monday. And uh, my uh, son-in-law, Andrew, celebrating his birthday as well tomorrow. So happy birthday and happy Valentine's Day. Nice. Uh, as well this week. I have uh, two things. I have on Tuesday, Jason Craig from my team, one of my amazing inside sales agents, celebrates 10 years with the company. Um, and also this month, I can't remember which day it is, but I'll remember next week. It's a big one too. Uh, Jocelyn will be with me for 18 years. Wow. I've only been in real estate for 19, so she's been with me right from day one. So. She must drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to say that she's a very lucky – she's she's going to be watching this, right? So I, she's a very, very lucky lady, I think. Well, look into the camera and tell her. Jocelyn, happy anniversary. You're so lucky. <laughs> Is it Mercedes year? No. 20s Mercedes year. Oh, he uh, said it. Uh, he said it. Follow PaulRushworth.com, Frank N. at MortgageBrokersOttawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great week, everybody. Continue to support local businesses and charities.